I do, I do feel the Lord has put something in my heart that I want to share. I've, I've kind of been carrying something for a couple of weeks. Um, I shared a little bit about it in Brazil, and it seems to come out different every time, but I think it's, it seems to be the same thread, and I think the Lord is really speaking into the body, and, it'll be, and it is, I do feel it's applicable into us as well. And um, I, I want to maybe start with tonight just by asking a few questions, and then we'll dive into what I want to say. And I want to ask you maybe a question. How, where are you at right now? Are you feeling maybe a little bit dry? So, I mean, not everybody's going to be feeling like it. Maybe are you feeling a little bit dry in the Lord? Are you feeling weary, maybe? Are you feeling, um, are, you, are you not experiencing His power in your life? Are you not seeing His power maybe manifest in your vicinity? Are you not part of seeing His power manifest? Are you... Are you maybe feeling distant from him, not near to him? Are you feeling near to your brothers and sisters? How it's a good question to ask yourself before we even jump into these. Where do you feel like you're at? Maybe I threw some of those questions out there. Maybe you can identify with some of those things. Maybe the Lord feels like he's a million miles away. Maybe you've been really seeking him and you haven't been finding him. I don't know if that's ever happened. It's happened to me. <laughs> we like to call them desert seasons or desert, you know, the desert place. But I think there's sometimes not just, sometimes the Lord leads us into the desert and sometimes we wander into the desert. And, um, and I want I to talk a little bit into that tonight because it's the anointing of the Lord that brings life. Right? You guys know that. It's his anointing that flows and it touches you and it brings life into you. And, I, and that word, like anointing, it's a very Christian easy word. So if you've like, imagine you walk into the church for the first time and you don't like anointing. What's that? Like, it's not a word we often use today. It's probably the word you find in the Bible the most. <laughs> so imagine you never heard the gospel, you never heard, and somebody, and somebody starts talking about the anointing. It's like, what is that? <laughs> And what is, so let, let's just, I'm going to, what is the anointing and then is it reaching you and then maybe why it's not reaching you in a nutshell. <laughs> and uh, and let, let's, let's have a look quickly. Um, in Luke 4 verses 18 to 19, maybe you can put that up. Let's open our Bibles. You guys got your Bibles? The Word. Let's open, if you got your Bible, open up there. Um, you should know, well, I'm sure you've heard the scripture before. It's a well-quoted, often-quoted scripture. And in Luke, this is Jesus speaking, and he says this. He says, he gets up and he reads from the scroll in Isaiah, and he reads the scripture. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So Jesus, and then he, he sits down and he says, well, before he sits down, he says, and today the scripture is fulfilled. And then he sits down. And I mean, can you imagine? They were like, what do you mean? <laughs> because this, this is who he is. The spirit of the Lord has anointed me to do this. This is the anointing of the Lord. The anointing by the spirit of the Lord comes. It brings freedom. It bring, breaks chains. It heals. It brings salvation. It brings life into every situation. This is the gospel, pretty much, 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon Jesus to bring that into the nations, to bring that into earth. Do you guys understand that? And actually, that is, is also what we're called to do. You know that? We have the same calling as Jesus. We're called to spread the good news. We're called to set captives free. We're called to seal, see the blind. And when he's talking about blind, he's not necessarily talking about physically blind. He's talking about those that are in the darkness, drawing them into the light. But I also think he's talking about physical healing as well. There's many aspects to this, but it's a sense of life that comes when the anointing flows, right? And, um, and this is actually what we're called to do. And I, So again, I want to ask you, are you seeing that happen around you? Are you experiencing that? Are you receiving healing? Are you receiving life? Are you receiving sight? Are you receiving freedom? Are you seeing people around you receive freedom, life, healing? Because that's what the anointing does. And if we're not, it's a good question to ask yourself. If you're not, why are we not? And there are different reasons why, but there's one reason maybe I want to tap into tonight. And I think it's something the Lord wants to speak into, not only us, but into the church. I think it's a big topic on His heart and a very important one in, into church and into the nations. And, and um, so, but maybe let's, his, that anointing has got to flow to us and it's got to flow through us, right? So <clears throat> say that with me. To me, from me. To me, from me. Right, so that's, and actually that's what I'm entitled my preach tonight. It's to us, through us. To us, through us. I'm going to say that a couple of times, because if that's all you walk away with tonight, you've got to remember that. This, the spirit, the, the life has got to flow to you, and it's got to flow through you. And if it's not, you've got to start asking questions why. Right, so let's, um, that one thing today that we're going to talk about, what prevents that from happening? And let's read Psalm 133 before answer that question. How good and pleasant is it when brothers live together in unity? It's the very first scripture, or the very first verse in Psalm 133, and I think the NIV, is that the NIV or the ESV? It's the NIV. I think the ESV says this, how good and pleasant is it when God's people live together in unity? It's like precious oil Poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. And that oil represents the anointing, actually. That oil of the anointing, is it flows from Aaron's head. He was the high priest at the time. When this, it was being, he was being referred to in the psalm. And it flows from his head down his beard, and it, it covers him. And that is a picture, actually, of the anointing and of how it works and how it flows. And how... And if you have to read this scripture, what is the reason and what is the cause for that? Anyone know? <laughs> just, how good and pleasant is it when God's people dwell together in unity? God says he commands a blessing where there is unity. That anointing flows when there's unity. The thing that will stop that anointing flowing is when there's not unity. So the thing I want to talk about tonight is actually preserving and fighting for Unity amongst us is probably the most, one of the most important things. And I think it's such a big thing on God's heart because it's the very image of God. He's, he's a triune God. He's, he is one, Father, Son, and Spirit. This mystery of uni, unified unity and oneness 
is actually reflected in us. There's an opportunity for us to reflect it. It's, a, it's his image. It's his picture. And if we're not doing it, it's actually an indictment on, who, on him. Because if we are made in his image, if we are called to reflect him to the world, and we're not doing that, we're not really reflecting him, right? So there's a huge emphasis um, on this. And Paul, let's have a look at Ephesians uh, 4 verses 1 to 3. Uh, Paul says this. And you guys hear me? That's right. Am I muffled? Am I muffled? No. You're jet lagged. <laughs> Ephesians 4 verses 1 to 3 says this. And this is Paul speaking. He says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. He's just saying, he's just, he's, he's begging, he's imploring. He's going, live the life worthy of the calling. What's the calling? It's, it's to, it's to, Live that anointing out. It's to see that life come. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bonds of peace. Through the bonds of peace. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. Paul is urging, he's putting a lot of emphasis. He's like, guys, you've got to keep unity of the Spirit. You've got to keep unity. If you lose it, <coughs> What's going to happen? <laughs> and I've, I've seen it. I believe that if we, if, we, if we begin to lose unity together, if we begin to lose what God's called us to do, we're no longer reflecting Him. And, and how, do we, how do we lose it, right? How do we lose unity? How do we, how do we lose that unity of the Spirit? And, and I mean, the, the, the previous verse, he's saying, they make it, in verse 2, he's saying, be completely humble, gentle, be patient. Bearing with one another in love. So obviously we stop doing those things and we begin to lose the unity that we have. And those things are love believing the best of. Love covering a multitude of sins. Love overlooking. And, it, and exactly what, what Nolan shared earlier, like there's this, there's this shaping along the way in our walk with the Lord that happens that I, I really believe that is very key in, in this message, actually, and they're very key in what God wants to say to us now. How do we, when we've shaped and we have, we're not aligning ourselves with that, when, when somebody said something to us or when we've picked up a fence, how do we deal with it? Are we fighting to maintain unity? Are we fighting to bring one another together? There's a, there's a concept of, of uh, I, I call it closing the gap. And we can, we can fight to close, to bring one another together, to close the gap between one another, or we can increase the gap between one another. We can actually bring division one another. And how do we do that? We can speak ill of one another. We can we cannot believe the best of when we the offense arises between us. We can kind of you know not believe the best of. We're not sorted out with a person. We can do everything to avoid them, and that's not actually closing the gap. It's actually widening the gap, right? And we need to be agent, an agent, I like the word, agent of unity, not an agent of division. We need to be agents of unity to close the gap amongst each other to find unity. And then once we've got it, we've really got to learn to fight for it. Um, uh, I love this scripture in, in Matthew 5, verses 23. It says, so if, if you're offering a gift at the altar, you want to put that up. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you. Now, 
Your brother has something against you. It's not you even offended with somebody. If you know that somebody's got something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and reconcile to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. Now, yeah, this, this scripture's been speaking a lot to me lately. Like I've just hung around here and meditated on the scripture. I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you for this next week, take the scripture and just pray into it. Mull over it, think about it, read it multiple times, and let the, let the Holy Spirit minister to you through it. Because I think the Lord is showing something very important to us here. He's saying to us, and it would seem that He's saying to us, I would rather you leave my presence. Don't worry about what you can bring me. Forget your ministry, forget doing good, forget anything you feel like you can bring to me. Leave my presence and go and make right with your brother before. It would seem that that is more important to the Lord, that our unity, because our unity reflects him. And then we enter into his presence, and there's something of a joy when we're in his presence. It's, for me, as I've been dwelling on this, I'm realizing the impact of this, the importance of this, how crucial this actually is to the Lord, that he would say, don't come into my presence. Don't bring me a gift. Leave. Leave it here. Rather, go and make right. I would, I would rather you did that. For me, it's more glorious that you go and do that. Then come. If we are a people that do that, because how easy is it for us to kind of sweep, sweep that under the, ta- like under the carpet and just carry on. Carry on serving in church. Carry on serving one another. Carry on, like, just carry on going. Because actually the gifts we bring are multiple things. It's not necessarily talking about the gift, like the sacrificial gift at the altar. It's multiple things we bring. Everything. Like gifts that are placed inside of us that the, that the Lord has given us. Like your spiritual gifts. He's like, stop, leave those things and go and make right. Stop prophesying. Go and make right. Stop praying for people. Go and make right. Stop seeing people healed. Go and make right. Eh? That's... Stop preaching, teaching, pastoring, all of that. Go and make right. <laughs> I'm like, yo, okay. This is serious stuff. I think we can quite easily get busy with those things and forget what's actually dear to his heart, right? And then I began to really, really mull on this. It, like, it really began to open up to me, and I was like, wow, God, this is a big deal. And why, why is it a big deal? And I said earlier, because it's, it's his image that we're bearing, right? And I want to maybe read this scripture in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 and 19. Because the Lord, you know, the Lord has given us a ministry of reconciliation. And I'm going to read it. He, this, he tells, about us, tells this, us about it in this scripture. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Who's in Christ here? Are you new creations? Are you new? Yes. This is one new creation here. <laughs> Come on. Are you guys new creations? Yes. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us a ministry of reconciliation. So now he's reconciled us to him through Christ, and he's given us that same ministry of reconciliation. To reconcile people to him, but also reconcile people to us. 
to one another. And he carries on. He says, that is, in Christ, God was reconciled, was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against him, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. So our lives are a living testimony, a living pic- it's a picture of that reconciliation should be. And how did he do it? By not counting their trespasses against them. How should we do it? Same way. By not counting your trespasses against me. By not counting my trespasses towards you against me. How did I say that? I said that the wrong way. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying? It's a that's what it's actually that's forgiveness, right? That's the ministry of forgiveness. That's the ministry of reconciliation. That's the ministry of unity, of unifying a people. Reconciliation leads to unity. And this is something that we really have to contend for as a people, especially if we want to see the life of God poured out in us as a congregation, as a people. If we want to see him honest changed, if we want to see people set free, if we want to see salvation come to those around us, we have to allow the anointing to flow. We, we, we mustn't stop it. We, we shouldn't be the ones stopping it. You, do you guys want to see a man has changed? Do you, want to see, do you want to see this? And it's not about numbers, but you want to see people come in here. You want to see church grow, right? You imagine walking in here one day and this church being packed full of people that are passionately on fire for Jesus, that have come out of the darkness and are now in the light. And the anointing is that which does the anointing that breaks the yoke. You know that? What yoke? It's the yoke of slavery, of darkness and sin. The anointing, that anointing, breaks that yoke and now gives you a yoke of sonship. His burden is easy and his yoke is light. And that's what we want to see flowing. Say it again. Say it with me. To us, through us. Right? And that's his anointing, right? That's his power through his spirit. I want to maybe just tell you a story quickly. Um, I asked Margo not to tell the story because I wanted to use it <laughs> tonight. Is um, one of the at one of the meetings there was a lady um, that responded, um, and she came forward. Um, yeah, so we prayed for her, and she said, uh, um, on a scale from one to ten, her back pain was twenty. So we started praying for healing, and we even said, who feels like they've got the gift of healing? Please come forward, pray for her, say so praying for her. And as we're praying for her, I'm starting to feel like, but actually there's unforgiveness. So I ask her, is there anyone you need to forgive? And she's like, no, there's nobody I need to forgive, nobody I can think of. So I was like, well, let's ask the Holy Spirit. Maybe there is somebody that you need to forgive, and you're just not aware of it. So she said, okay. So she prayed, Holy Spirit, please come show me if there's anyone I need to forgive. And after a few seconds, she's like, I need to forgive my mother. And she started forgiving her mother. And we told her, be specific. Because sometimes you can just do a general, I forgive my mother. But we said, like, be very specific. Like, as the Holy Spirit prompts you, I forgive my mother for making me feel like that. I forgive my mother for doing that. And by forgiving her, you're not judging her. You're actually acknowledging what happened wasn't great. But I'm choosing to set her free and not judge her. And she started doing this. And as she started doing this, she said it felt like uh, the steel rod of fire was taken out of her back and the pain disappeared. So the first time in five years, she had no pain in her back. And that's the power of forgiveness and unforgiveness. See, she, 
she wasn't receiving the anointing, the healing of the anointing. She was not receiving any healing because she, it was a block. She repented of that. She changed that, and the anointing flowed to her and brought healing. Don't we want the same thing? <laughs> right? And not, maybe not all of us have got back problems. I'm not, so I'm not like, but there's different areas in our life of brokenness, of wounds or that need healing. It may, may be physical, maybe emotional, maybe there's so, there, may be, there may be so many different areas in our lives that we need God to come and bring His life, that we will see and experience His healing so that we can receive. And flow. Receive and let it flow. All right. So, I mean, we can really dive into this and unpack this. But I, I, I feel one thing specifically for us as a congregation going forward into this week. That scripture, Matthew, uh, Matthew 25. Will you guys take that scripture with you this week? No, no, no. Matthew, uh, sorry, which one was it? Matthew 5, sorry, did I say Matthew 25? Matthew 5. You take that scripture this week, take it home with you, write it down, and meditate on it. And let the Lord speak to you through that. And ask Him where, like, like that lady did. She said, oh, God, I don't want any to forgive, actually. But she, when she began to ask the Holy Spirit, He began to speak to her. So if we, if we rest in that, if we actually put that into exercise, I believe, we're gonna, I believe it's going to bear fruit in us. I believe it's going to bear fruit in us. Do you believe it's going to bear fruit in us? God's going to draw us together. He's going to knit our hearts together. We're going to overcome things. And this is the, the Bible says, the world will know them for their, by their love for one another. And as we begin to do this, we, become to be, we begin to become this reflection of love to the world, right? And this, again, I can't emphasize enough what a big deal this is to Jesus. Because he says, he prays this prayer in John 17, verses 10 to 11. He says this, this is him praying now. He's praying this to the Father. He says, all I have is yours, and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them, and I will remain in the world no longer. This is just before he gets crucified. But they are still in the world. That's us. We're still in the world. And I'm coming to you. He's going to the Father. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as you and I are one. That's what he desires for us. And we cannot be one if we cannot find unity. We cannot be one if we cannot reconcile. We cannot be one if we cannot forgive. And this is, this is his mandate to us. Is this is how this is his instruction to us to live, that his life will flow through us, not only for personal gain, in a sense, for personal health, but for corporate health, for those around us, for the sake of those around us. Say one more time to, with me. To me, through me. If you leave here tonight, you're going to remember that, right? And I want to maybe read one more scripture to us. Well, we're going we're gonna to end now. I'm not preaching long tonight. We're gonna, oh, this is quite long. <laughs> I want to read one more scripture to us. And um, I want to ask the Holy Spirit to maybe come and minister to us. And as, as I'm reading this scripture, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit if he's speaking to you. Because there, I do feel there is a danger in this. And there is a, almost a warning in this. And this is the scripture, the story of the parable of the ten virgins. You guys know the ten virgins, right? And um, let's read it, and then we can talk a bit about it. It says, 
It's in Matthew 25, and it says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for, the lamps, for our lamps have gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us, for, for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourself. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But, the answer, but he answered, saying, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. And I think that fits in very well, actually, with Andrew's message last night. We don't know the day, and we don't know the hour. But I've been speaking a little bit about oil tonight, and the oil of anointing, and the flow of oil. And it's interesting here because they're also speaking about oil and lamps, right? And could this be something? Because Jesus does say, we were singing, sorry, we weren't singing today, I was singing this morning at Somerset West. The Lord's Prayer says, forgive them, forgive those who sinned against me. Sorry, I've gone blank. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who sinned against us, right? And he says to us that we need to forgive in order for him to forgive us. So, could it be that if we do not live this, that we actually are not in him? If we are not willing to forgive, if we are not living to live that mandate of reconciliation, we might not be in him. We might be found with our lamps empty, with no oil in them. And when the bridegroom comes and the door is closed, that we are actually on the other side. And I, I do feel like the Lord is saying to us, and he's, he's, he's giving us a chance. He's saying to us, hey, I can, I'm showing you how to unblock the wells. I'm showing you how to access life. It's up to you, though, if you want to do it or not. Fill your lamp with oil. Fill your life with my anointing. Fill your life with my healing and my, 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 my spirit. And he's asking us tonight, and he's saying to us, will you be a people that do that? Because I don't only want to reach you. I want to reach those around you, and I want to change this town for him. I want to turn this town upside down. So can we maybe, maybe we can just close our eyes as we pray. Now, Father, I thank you that you're so gracious to us and so good to us. That you send... You send the, your anointing to come and break the yoke, Lord. Oh, come, Holy Spirit. Why don't you guys stand with me? Why don't you stand with me? Father, we want to be a people that respond to your word. We want to be a people that flow in your anointing, that receive your healing. It's your, your spirit flows to us and through us, Lord. 
Lord, we want to be a people that reflect your kingdom to the world. We want to be known for our love for one another. Father, I pray that you would come and show us areas in our life as we walk day to day. Where maybe, Lord, we, we are carrying grudges towards our brothers and sisters or offenses towards our brothers and sisters. Or we know brothers and sisters that are carrying offenses towards us, Lord. Lord, and we can see in your word that you desire us to make rights, to reconcile with one another. That you desire us to, to wrestle this Wrestle this to the ground. Wrestle our flesh into submission and find unity, Lord. Because actually we reflect you when we do that, Jesus. So Holy Spirit, I pray right now, would you come and show us? Would you come and reveal areas in our life, Lord Jesus? Come Holy Spirit right now, I pray.